We are joined right now by a senior baseball writer for The Athletic, author of Smart Baseball and the Inside Game, a former special assistant to the GM of the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm speaking of Keith Law. Keith, it's great to have you on. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, good, good. So let me start with Shohei. He ends up, Keith, with the record-breaking contract, as we all assumed that he would. However, I'm not sure how many people thought that it might have a seven in front of it, as in $700 million. What is your overall reaction to the news? It did blow away my expectations. Like I said, when he got hurt, when he hurt his elbow back in August, I said, you know, he's still going to get paid, right? He's still going to get well compensated. But if you'd asked me over or under $500 million, I don't think I would have taken the over. And obviously, he, he blew past that. But based on everything I've ever heard from, especially from people with the Angels, he's probably worth it. They made so much money from having him, just having him on the roster, never mind how much value he produces with his bat and when he's healthy with his arm. Just having him on the roster is worth so much to a franchise. The Dodgers may end up making back all or most of his salary before he even plays a game. And then on top of that, he's obviously one of the best players in baseball history and slots right in to give them, I think, the best one, two, three, Mookie Betts, him, Freddie Freeman, whatever order you put them in, one of the best top threes in any lineup this year and probably in the last 10 or 15 years. So I actually think, despite the big number, this is probably going to work out okay for the Dodgers. We were talking to Keith Law. It's funny. I was going to ask you that question. You pretty much answered it. I was going to say, obviously, that's an incredible deal for Otani, but is it a good deal for the Dodgers? And you would say yes. I think so. I think even, look, they're, they're going to need pitching. And I mean for this year. He's not going to pitch until 2025, and they need pitching in the short term. So this can't be the only thing they do this offseason. seems crazy to say, hey, he's just spent $70 million. Good job. What's next? But that is kind of what has to happen. Their rotation for this year is pretty weak. That said, they probably have the best lineup in baseball right now. They were second in the NL and run scored per game last year, and they just got quite a bit better. They go from J.D. Martinez as the main DH to Shohei Otani. It's worth a couple extra wins right there. They just have to figure out what they're doing next on the pitching side. And then hope Otani comes back and is able to maybe make 20 or so starts in 2025. And then hope years beyond that, that he's more of a full-time starting pitcher and that he can get back to the kind of starter he was when healthy before, which obviously makes them substantially better too. But it, it, as much as I think this deal is good for them on the field, they can't be done this offseason. Keith Law is joining us. Keith, I'm not trying to be redundant, but you're one step ahead of me on all these things. I was going to say to you, we know he's not going to pitch next year. Let me ask you this. Number one, do we know that the procedure that he underwent was a Tommy John procedure? Do we know that? And number two, how do you think he does project as a pitcher in 25 and beyond? So we don't know. It's a great question. And someone even asked in the comments under my article today on The Athletic, why won't anyone say it was Tommy John? Because we don't know for sure. We know he had damage to the UCL, but we don't know what the actual surgery was. And a lot of pitchers, if it's only a partial tear to the ligament, opt for an internal brace, which gives the ligament a chance to heal itself. If it's a full tear, you have no choice. You have to have Tommy John or you're done. We just don't know which he had. It does seem like the timeline, the fact that he's supposed to be able to come back and hit in spring training and be on the roster on April 1st, that would imply it wasn't a full Tommy John, but I don't want to say that for sure because I really, I just don't know. Either way, I would say after he misses what's going to be 18-plus months before he's actually pitching in games again, I would say keep your expectations just for innings low for 2025. Because also, because he's a full-time hitter, he can't go out and rehab 
in August, September, make the usual rehab starts in the minors, go to instructs or pitch in fall league like someone who is only a pitcher would be able to do. And so I do think that's going to hold him back in terms of how quickly he can ramp back up his innings. And that may make him, like I said, maybe he's at 18 to 20 starts in 2025. It's not until 2026 that you can talk about him as a full member of the Dodgers rotation. We are talking to Keith Law. So, Keith, obviously, because there's never been a player like this ever before and probably never will be ever again, is this particular signing good or bad for the sport overall? I I know non-Dodgers fans probably don't want to hear this, but I think having – he might be the best player in the history of the sport. He is certainly the most interesting in maybe the – yeah, I mean, he's a unicorn, right? There's, there's no other word for it. He is unique. We have never seen a player like this. I told my kids I don't expect to see a player like this again. Having him in a marquee, with a marquee team like the Dodgers in a huge media market, I think that's probably good for the sport. And I know that's not the best thing to say for competitive balance. It's not something fans of small market teams want to hear. But I do think the sport is generally healthier when at least some of our big market teams are good and when some of our superstars play for some of the most famous teams or the teams in the biggest markets. It doesn't have to all be that way. A little bit of a skew in that direction, I think, is better for the overall health of the sport because we are trying to attract younger fans, try to bring a new generation of fans in as the existing fan base ages. And Otani is the kind of exciting player who I think, I think he can do that. I think he can generate new interest in the sport for people who maybe haven't followed it much or have only been casual fans so far. I agree with you 100% on that point. Keith Law is joining us. I absolutely agree with that. You know, you mentioned a couple of teams that missed on him. What about mm-hmm. the Angels? Like, the Angels, frankly, they're not far from where I'm broadcasting from. hate to say it, but they were kind of a mess with Otani. Where does that leave them without Otani? I mean, they just went all in the last couple of years, figuring, we've got Trout, we've got Otani, we have to go for it. I agreed with that. I agreed with honestly, just strip mining the farm system just to try to eke out one playoff appearance with those guys. They weren't able to do it for a whole host of reasons. But I do think the biggest one is probably the owner. Now they're in a situation where you've got Trout, who's probably passed his peak and hasn't been able to play full seasons for several years now. You have no Otani. You lose him basically for just a draft pick, which is not going to help the team next year. And the farm system's in really bad shape because They've traded so many guys. They've lost picks. They've traded prospects. They are just it, – it, it, they're in a bad way, and they need to tear it down. And they, I know Perry Manassian said, we're not trading Mike Trout. Absolutely not. They need to consider trading Mike Trout. They should probably be trading just about everybody at this point and doing a full rebuild. I know the owner doesn't want it. I'm sure people in the front office don't want it. But I don't see how this team returns to contention unless they admit it's over. That window is closed and it's time to turn the roster over. Hmm. And one more thought about the Angels. Your point that they went all in and you're okay with that, I agree. Let me ask you this, though. Was it okay to hold him and lose him and get nothing in return? Or financially, were they going to run this thing out as far as they possibly could? In other words, it was pretty clear, right, what he wanted. He wanted to play for a winner. He wanted to get paid. He wanted the good weather. He was not going to resign there. Should they have moved him and gotten something for him? The baseball answer is absolutely. They should have put him and probably Trout out there in, over the summer. Now, Trout was hurt, so obviously that impacted his value. But Otani, for sure, in July, before, we knew, before he had either of his injuries, either the elbow injury that stopped him from pitching or I think it was an oblique injury that stopped him from hitting. In July, he was healthy and productive and would have fetched something on the trade market. Even if for just two months, he's worth so much on and off the field. They would have gotten a decent return for him. I wonder, and I don't know the answer to this, did they just keep him because 
he's worth so much money. Another two-plus months of having him on the roster is worth so much in merchandise and corporate signage and sponsorships that they said, yeah, we, we don't care about the two prospects we'll get in return. We'd rather take the $20 million in additional revenue we're getting because if he's gone, no one's coming to the games. And suddenly we lose a good bit of revenue instead. I, I don't know the answer to that either. I just assume that. I assume that that's what that was, and that would make sense, mm-hmm. right? So let me finally ask you this. What about the deal? Like, it's a historic deal for a unicorn. Is it an outlier in the sense that, I mean, yeah, for the amount, but like Juan Soto, the Yankees trade for him, and he's going to enter his prime. When he comes mm-hmm. up, like, has this reset the market? Will there be other major, major deals as a result, or is this just a major outlier? I think it's a major outlier because he's so unique on the field, but also off that he has because he's Japanese and the allowing a team to advertise into the Japanese market, sell corporate signage, sponsorships, and so on to Japanese firms, knowing that the audience for those games is going to be enormous. Any game he's in is going to be enormous over in Japan. No other player can really bring that to the table. Juan Soto right now, I think would be the best free agent on the market next winter. My guess is he gets a deal that's a little better than all those huge deals we saw a year ago, right? Judge and Turner and Bogart. My guess he tops those because the market at the top always tends to move upwards. But I don't think that Otani's deal resets the market, or and I don't think, I'm sure Scott Boris will try, but I don't think that you can point to Otani and say, this is an indicator of what Juan Soto should be getting. So, Keith, one last thought, because you were a special assistant <laughs> to the GM, the Blue Jays, like, was it always going to be this? Did we inevitably know that he was going to come to L.A.? Or was Toronto really in the hunt? And they take a big swing, and did they have a shot? It certainly seems that, I mean, they think they did. Um, I think they always knew they were a little bit of an underdog, right? The expectation was always that he would go to the Dodgers, or at least that the Dodgers were the favorites, right? But if somebody made a better financial offer, and Toronto is a, it's a very global city with a really diverse population, their games are broadcast through almost all of Canada. There's a lot of reasons why a global star would choose to go to Toronto. I don't think it was ridiculous that they were courting him. And I believe that they were serious players, at least until at some point in the very end of the process. It just always seemed like he was an L.A. guy. He wanted to stay on the West Coast. Supposedly he's got a house or building a house in Newport Beach. Gets an easier access to go back and forth to Japan. He's got some comfort level having lived in the L.A. area for several years. They, they had some natural advantages that I don't think any other team was really going to be able to beat, especially once they came in with what I'm sure was the highest financial offer. He is a senior baseball writer for The Athletic. He is the author of Smart Baseball and The Inside Game, a former special assistant to the GM of the Toronto Blue Jays, Keith Law, coming in and breaking it all down. Keith, thank you very much. Great job by you, and I appreciate the conversation. My pleasure. Keith Law joining us. I like that. Good stuff. That's why I wanted to hold off until hour number three before we got into that. All right, so your reaction to anything you just heard. I have a lot of takeaways from that. One of them being one of the first things he said it's kind of funny to say that you just committed $70 million a year to one player and you're still not done. But if they do nothing else, they probably still do not have enough to win at all. They need pitching. They need more pitching. 